the podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love David S. Pumpkins. Any questions? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I tried. It's me. It's Bethany. With me, as always, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, we were just uh, – the David S. Pumpkins thing will all make much more sense in a minute, y'all. We just spent the last couple of days together. There was a mm-hmm. hate spinnerbait reunion yes. in our old stomping grounds where we met, uh, Orlando, Florida. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And we went to Halloween Horror Nights, which if anyone is not familiar with that event, it's like they do haunted houses, but like with a better production budget because it's like universal, you mm-hmm. know. But it's super fun. It's a good time. And yeah, we get to go. We got to go see some old friends from Orlando because obviously we still know a lot of people that live in Orlando. And we got to all hang out together, which I don't think has happened in like 5,000 million years. Both our husbands were with us. So her husband and my husband, and we all used to work together. So we all used to know each other. And we all used to know each other. We all still know each other. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah, so we all got to hang out, and it was a good time. And David has pumpkins. Was at the event this year, so we met him. It was amazing. And that is where we learned that Michael Ann's husband Andrew did not know of the infamous David S. Pumpkins SNL skit. So we we taught him. We taught him the ways. But yeah, it's gonna be real chaotic this week because we are both tired because we yes. partied way too hard. <laughs> yes. When I just say, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> so I went to the Tegan and Sarah show on Wednesday night. Yeah. It ended about 11. Fell asleep about 1, which is already way past my bedtime. My bedtime's like 10. Okay. So true. Um, and then I we drove the six hours to Orlando, went to Horror Nights, mm-hmm. I, yeah. which is something I used to do, y'all, multiple times a week for months. <laughs> like I used to do this. Constantly. I would go after work. I would go alone. I w- it was like my thing. Okay. I barely made it through one night. I had to wear <laughs> earplugs. I was like so overwhelmed, so overstimulated. Yeah. I was like losing it. And then, so then the next day rolls around. We're supposed to go to Horror Nights again. And I'm just sitting there the whole time, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But I'm like, you're stupid. Like, go do this. You always do this. And then we like get up to the Uber and I just turn to my husband and I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't go. I can't do this again. So I laid in the hotel bed for two and a half hours silently. It was a comfy bed, in, in fairness. It was a very comfy bed. <laughs> if I'm extra feisty, just know that that's why because we yeah, just know that's why we are about to talk about a very feisty topic yeah we do have some feisty topics i okay so we're gonna also i don't know for how long but we will have thoughts about the golden bachelor but my biggest takeaway honestly from this week's golden bachelor was like i don't know how these old people are doing it because mm-hmm. i'm in my 30s and going and staying up past my bedtime for a couple of nights was a lot for me like I'm so drained like the amount of productivity I've had yesterday and today is at an all-time zero yep and so I don't know I don't know how these old people are like doing these late night rose ceremonies I know <laughs> because I'm tired I'm so tired I had a lot of really good time a lot of fun so great to see you know everyone but um yeah I'm just really tired but I'm really proud of myself because I'm kind of the exact opposite of Michael Ann in which I 
when I first started working at Universal, I didn't do HHN because I'd gone a couple times in high school. And the first time I ever went to Halloween Horror Nights, I really liked it. And then I went a couple of years later and I don't know, I just, I think I was overstimulated. Mm -hmm. I had about like anxiety day or something, I guess. And I just remember like sitting on a park bench in front of the Simpsons crying. And I like, didn't even know why. Like I wasn't scared. I wasn't like, I just was like crying uncontrollably. Yeah. And my friends at the time were like super sweet about it. They took me on the Simpsons ride. They were like, you know, you don't have to do anything else tonight. Like whatever you want to do. And so I'd kind of sworn off our nights for a while because I'd had just such a weird experience at it that year. And then Stranger Things happened. And I told my husband, well, I'll go and do the Stranger Things house because I'm obsessed with that show. And um, and then I kind of started dipping my toes a little bit more in the last couple of years because I was like, just because I had like one bad experience doesn't mean like, like, like I think that was just like a weird time. Like there was just a weird day that I'd had. And so I started dipping my toes more into it. Last year, I did up to five houses, which was like an all-time high for me. Um, and then this year, I went and I did eight houses. Yay. So I was very proud of myself. I am a big, brave girl now. You are. <laughs> you can do hard things. So yeah, I can do hard things. I can do I can do the scary stuff. But yeah, I had a really good time. Yeah. Um, I was really tired. The second night was like really draining. I don't, I don't know why I thought like – like, and I'm not saying I'm – upset that I went the second night like I'm very happy I went the second night but I just like got to a certain point where I was like I'm I paid good money to be here I should Mm -hmm. (laughs) I should stay and try to enjoy a few things and honestly the last hour of that night was like probably you know I'm glad like I'm glad I did stick it through because that was probably the best part of, of night two but I was just like tired and also kind of irritable and like just I don't know anytime you put too many people into the mix of things in any theme park situation it's like not good because everyone like has their own thing they want to do and whatever and you're just like can we just do this thing yeah (laughs) but um but yeah anyways that's the end of my rant on that it was good we met David S. Pumpkins I saw a horde of Megans do a dance I saw some Death Eaters again screw you Joanne and your transphobic thoughts but Death Eaters are cool um, and I had Twisted Tater, which is one of my favorite things. I'm a I'm a foodie. I like the food and the shows at HHN. So yes. I got to see Nightmare Fuel three times. It's a great show. Anyone getting down to Horror Nights in the month of October, go see it. It's phenomenal. People are very talented. Yes. And I got to eat some good food. So it was fun. But I have a few things to say about this weekend. The first thing, speaking of mm. the food, I was looking through yes. the – so Horror Nights does a lot of fun, like, themed – Halloween food. Um, this yeah, year, yeah. the like mascot of Halloween Horror Nights was Doctor Oddfellow. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I can't go beyond that because I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? <laughs> well, you did his house, so you kind oh. of know who he is. Oh, okay. So I guess the story is I don't I'm not like super fluent in the lore. So this is his first year. So if you don't know anything about HHN, for anyone who's not initiated into the world of Halloween Horror Nights. There is like deep, like there it's it's almost like a cult following, yes. like the way people are into yes. it. And there's the icons and all this stuff. Like people are really into it. And there's been a lot of, for lack of a better word, iconic icons in the past. Jack the Clown mm-hmm. is immediately the one everyone usually thinks of. People love him so much they have tattoos of him. Like it's insane. It's insane. Like it's like, but it's very cool. Like I love the community. Yeah. I think that's like my favorite part about any fandom is like the community. And and Halloween Horror Nights has created a fandom and it has created a really awesome community. And I love that. Um, but yeah, I guess the icon of this year, he's a new one. His his name is Dr. Oddfellow. And his whole thing, I guess, is he like he went around the world and he like collected all these like half 
human, half like so like one scare zone was like half plant people, half animal people. Um, yeah, so like that's kind of his thing. I don't know. It's like this weird like circus freak show kind of vibe was his house. So I guess that's his thing. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but he's like an original character. He doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah, he's an original character that like Universal created. Okay, Correct. okay, yeah, that's what I was. I was like, is this original or is this um, someone I should know? So yeah, it yeah, Horror Nights has an incredible following. I mean, I used to be one of those people that literally went constantly. I would do houses multiple times and like critique them. And now it's like I did three houses and I was like, how am I going to go on? But anyway, so I was looking at the menu of the food and this is something that they were selling. And I just feel like we need to talk about this. <laughs> it's called Dr. Oddfellow's Carn Evil Dog. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a red hot dog in a confetti hot dog bun. Sounds pretty gross, right? On top of that, we're going to add Kool-Aid pickles and then bubblegum mustard and potato sticks. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard of. I want to know if anyone is eating this. If so, please let us know how gross it was because it sounds like the greatest thing I've – the greatest thing? The grossest thing I've ever heard of. Like it has to be not actually – like it has to be like – not actually a hot dog like a nerd's rope or something with like like right like it has to be not actually like bubblegum mustard is just yellow bubblegum like i don't know i'm gonna have to i have to deep dive into this dr Oddfellow's carnival sounds disgusting it really does yeah i i haven't known anyone who's had that i do know like the big seller this year as far as the food is the um there's something that comes in the Fedra ration cans, which is a reference to The Last of Us, which is one of the houses this year. And on night two, I walked past that food stand and the line was like astronomical. And I've heard people talking about like they they ran out of like the Fedra cans like very early into the event. So I'm not even sure if it's coming in those anymore because people just like wanted to have that as like a souvenir, I guess, you know. So it wasn't even about the food. It was like what it came in. <laughs> yeah. Like, the food's honestly, like, not always that good, but it's always fun. Yeah. It's, like, it's it's the, the vibe of it, the looks of the Instagrammability of it, I guess. Exactly. There were a few um, years where I was eating pizza, but the crust was, had a hot dog in it. <laughs> Which... One of the was good. That was good. one of the the healthiest. You know, yes. I that's the thing about HHM that you also have to understand for the uninitiated. It's just one big outside bar. So yeah, like they like drunk people just want like greasy feel good food. Like it's it's not high. You know, this is not Michelin star food. This is carnival part food. food for drunk people. Yes. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's things like pizza with a hot dog in it, which also can be great. It was good. Bubblegum mustard. I'm still not over bubblegum mustard. You want to know one of the best things I think HHN ever did was their first year of Stranger Things at Louis, which is a quick service pizza place. They have like a gelato corner. And so you don't have to like go into the quick service. It's like the outside window portion of it. They were selling waffle ice cream sandwiches Mm -hmm. and you could pick whatever flavor of – ice cream you wanted in it and then they literally took like two ego waffles and oh my god it, it was delicious 
like they toasted those and put ice cream in it and then like put all the fixings on top and it was probably 18,000 million calories and really bad for you but I ate a lot of them because it was so good (laughs) um that sounds amazing so and also you know I was like 26 so I could get away with that exactly (laughs) um another thing I want to mention is this so I always knew that Bethany was a very delightful and nice person but this weekend (laughs) thank you I found out her niceness knows no bounds so sometimes Bethany I don't know if that's true but thank you <laughs> Bethany drives for Uber Eats sometimes and she told me she told all of us that she writes customized messages to the people she drops the food <laughs> off for and like I do if like their instructions say like new baby don't knock she'll say like congratulations on your baby I am like who are you? Where did you come from? What is this? I was like, that is the most delightful thing I've ever heard in my life. So I just want everyone to know. It's, she's delightful. Yeah. I mean, if I like someone's welcome at, I feel the need to compliment on it. Sometimes I worry I'm creeping people out because I'm like, like this one person on this really cute gnome statue. And I just really like, I had, they had a few of them like in their garden. And I was like, that's adorable. Like it was some like real like mirror sparks vibes. Aww. I felt like, you know, and I was like, that's effing adorable. And I would like to know if someone thought they were cute. So I said that. And then I was like, I don't know. Are people thinking I'm like casing their house for like, – because I'm not. No. Like, obviously. <laughs> but – and then I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe people were like, ew, don't stare at them. But like if you're putting gnomes in your garden, you want them to yes, be noticed, exactly. right? I think. I don't yeah. know. That's my thoughts anyhow. Yes. So I like to write little messages to the people I deliver to. And listen, hey, is it – it's just me generally trying to be nice. Yeah. But also if it helps my tip out, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> True. True. So that it's, yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Um, also tip your Uber drivers. Yeah. Right? Both the people who drive you around and the, the nicest Uber. I had, we had very nice Uber drivers. We used Uber pretty much all weekend in Orlando to get back and forth from our hotel to the theme park and we just have really nice people tip your Uber driver as well especially if they're picking you up at 2 a.m from yeah but usually the people they're getting are like drunk people that are throwing up in their car like please be nice to them and treat them well yes and if they are delivering food i don't d- deliver people <laughs> um because i don't work labor and delivery but i'm bumps but also because i'm terrified that's oh, yeah. what would murder me if i did that yeah but I feel comfortable enough delivering food only like during daylight hours, to be clear. Yes. I know my mom is listening and she is worried sometimes that I do this. And mom, it's only during daylight hours, okay? But, um, but anyways, and my husband knows where I am at all times. But anywho, um, I feel comfortable enough doing that, especially because you don't have a lot of human interaction. Yeah. Most people do just want you to drop their food off at their door and like not talk to them, which is great. Like that's fine by me. But yeah, the Uber drivers who actually like drive around people. I think are very brave, yeah. very, very brave souls, and you should be nice to them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Andrew was like, I was like, I was thinking about driving for like Uber, but I meant Uber Eats, and he was like, absolutely yeah. not. He's like, no, yeah, that is so scary. And I was like, oh, I would never drive people. Are you kidding? I hate people. Are people? No, definitely not. Not interested <laughs> in communicating with others. Thank you. Um, only because I teased this on Tuesday's episode and because it did bring me joy. Well, actually, there's two things I learned about my clan's husband this weekend um, that brought me joy. So to finish up our recap of this weekend, and then I swear we'll get into other things for anyone who's like, yeah, we get it. You had fun in Orlando. Keep rubbing it in. 
I will. Thank you, actually. But no, <laughs> we, will get into, we will get into other topics. But two more things. One, I learned. Okay, so Mike likes white noise. Like, he likes sleeping with the TV on, and he likes watching, like, sitcoms, and I cannot stand it. Like, I just – he will, like, put on The Office. I'm so distracted by yeah. it. Like, or put on, like, a sitcom, like How I Met Your Mother, and it has, like, a laugh track, and that is so distracting to me. Like, I cannot sleep with that. So I usually win. We don't sleep with the TV on, but – when I'm out of town, like, he gets his way. He gets his, as he calls them, night-night shows. When he's out Aww. of town, though, my house is, like, too quiet, and it wigs me out. But I can't put on something like a sitcom because, again, I find them way too distracting. So I have to put on, like, a movie that I've seen before that, like, it's not really going to catch my interest. Like, it just, like, background noise. You know, and I turn it on, like, pretty low, and it's just kind of there to fall asleep to. And one of my go-to movies of choice in that regard is – um Pirates of the Caribbean. And all I know is Michael and I went to the restroom while we were at Horror Nights. And I come back and I don't know how this conversation came up, but Mike's like, hey, did you know that Andrew also doesn't like sleeping with the TV? And I was like, yeah, mad respect. Like that part's not weird. A lot of people don't fall asleep to the TV. But he's like, but do you know the one thing he will fall asleep to? And I'm like, what? And he's like, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, shut the front door. (laughs) Shut the front door. So I was so excited about that. And I was like, I knew I liked you for a reason. So me and Andrew are out here being weirdos who can only fall asleep to something like Pirates of the Caribbean if you're going to put like background noise on. So that was funny. The other thing is, again, Mike and I are discussing our Uber Eats deliveries or whatever. And this is how the whole like I leave people personalized notes things comes up. And um, Mike talks about the fact that there is this iconic house in Savannah where someone has like this big (laughs) ass sign on their front porch that says birds aren't real. And so he delivered to them because sometimes my husband does Uber Eats deliveries as well. And he delivered to them once and I was so jealous because I just – it's an like iconic thing or whatever. And we have like looked this guy up and he like has done interviews and stuff for the news. Andrew knew about this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, he's on Fox News. And yeah, birds aren't real, I believe. So it's this like really dumbass like mean conspiracy about – the fact that birds haven't been real since like the 1920s, they're drones now. And it's like, that's how the government is spying us or whatever. And I think that the guy like isn't serious about it. Like it's just funny to him. But of course, like I think probably some people are taking it serious. So then again, that led to one of our favorite conversations, which is we like funny conspiracies and not conspiracies that hurt people. Yes. So birds aren't real. We're adding that as of right now, it's borderline. It might turn into people take it so serious that it just no longer becomes funny. But right now, it is in our pantheon with Avril Lavigne's body double and Jay-Z's half-wig. So, birds aren't real. Welcome. Welcome, Welome to the, to the club. You're, you're in the club. As of now, you're on thin ice, Yeah, though. you got, like, one foot out the door because you were they, – they were taking it seriously on Fox News, and you never know. Fox News. Okay, you just never know. So, it's concerning. It's concerning. Oh. But yeah, it was wonderful Bye. to be back in Orlando. Wonderful to see some friends. Yes. I saw the dog that yes. I fostered uh, about four years ago in his new home, and he's so happy, and he looks so good, Aww, and I'm so happy. Little Rocky. And yeah. We love that. It was that. wonderful, but I am yeah, good times. so drained. I don't want to talk to another person besides you and my husband <laughs> for like the rest of my life. I also woke up this That's morning it. and found out some really frustrating information about my job. So now I'm going to be stressed until I talk to my boss tomorrow. So that's good too. But anyway. Oh, no. That's not very fun. And so you've got – that's a bad case of the Sunday scaries. I don't like that. Those aren't fun. I know. I'm trying to just – just like I just need to vibe. Like block it out. I just need to vibe. Yeah. 
just need a vibe. Just let me enjoy the rest of my weekend. Just let me vibe. So, um, yeah, you know the other great thing about visiting Orlando? It reminds you of why I'm happy to just visit it because I got stuck in really bad I-4 traffic <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, yep, this is why I left. Okay, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> me and Andrew had the opposite reaction. We were like, okay, we'll probably move back here in about two oh, years. Much. Yeah, I I think I'm a I'm a firm. I'd like to just visit it. It's a very very lovely place. I'd like to reiterate, it's a very very lovely place. But I can't it's, I can't do it. I can't, yeah, I can't live there. Again, I don't think Mm-mm. I could. I mean, never seen ever. But I could never work in restaurants there. Like I will never. Mm, I will be working fair. corporate. Or someday our podcast is going to take off and we're going to do this full time and putting it into the universe. Yeah, exactly. Will it will it into the universe, baby? But I'll never go back to restaurants in Orlando. Absolutely not. That's very fair. Um, that is very fair. <laughs> yeah. Shall we get to the ranty portion of the episode? We'll get to the ranty portion and then we'll finish it on a happy note by doing a quick Golden Bachelor recap to end yeah. this week's episode. So let's get to the sad portion. We have to have at least one sad bit. It's, it's kind of sad. But anyway, so Dax Shepard. I'm sure some of you have seen this because it's been on the internet, but I was scrolling TikTok and I found one person review, like going through one of the podcast episodes he had released late, recently um, at the end of September, where him and his female co-host were talking. And let's give me, hold on one second. Rewind. I just want to preface this, preface this by saying, Dax Shepard, I always knew was sketchy. I always knew he was rude. His relationship with Kristen Bell is fucking weird. And pause. Anyway, back to the other spot. So he says to her, he's like, I just think it's funny. He's one of these guys. I just think it's funny that Taylor Swift can date all these guys and um, she's praised for it. But men that she's dated get trashed like John Mayer is a predator but Taylor is just fun and his female co-host kept being like it's not about the amount of people they're dating it's about the fact that like John Mayer and he was using Jake Gyllenhaal as well John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal were considerably older than her and were obviously taking advantage of that situation Right, Like, she was young. Like, she was 20 when she dated Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm not sure how old he was, but he was older. Like, in his 30s, I think. Yeah, I think that's about the age difference. I'm now going to have to look it up because that is going to be something that just annoys me if I can't. You look him up and I'll look John Mayer up. Because she was even younger when she dated John Mayer. Mm Yeah, okay. Look at the old Gyllenhaal here. So Taylor and John Mayer dated when she was 19 and he was 32. Okay. So he, so Jake Gyllenhaal was born in 80 and she, as we all know, was famously born in 1989 at the end of the year, practically 1990. Um, So he's currently 42. She's currently 33. So he's like nine years older than her. So he would have been 29 if she him when she was about 20. He had been like 29 yeah. ish. Yeah. So gross. Um, Considerably older. Yeah. Yes. Like that is just no, that's a no for me. Um, so anyway, he's trying to equate like Taylor Swift 
dating men to men sleeping with younger women and how it's like it's a double standard, which it absolutely is not. And that doesn't make any sense at all. But he's one of those men that like just cuts you off and says things so confidently in like such in like a skeptical way that's kind of putting down the person he's talking to to make them feel like he's being smart and she's being stupid. Like he was like people call John Mayer a predator all the time. And she was like, well, who calls him a predator? And he was like, a lot of people. Um, and then at one point he says, and she's like, well, Taylor Swift is in relationships with these men. Like, she's just not like sleeping with random men, you know, like these are relationships. Right. Right. And he's like, okay, so she gets validation from dating men and men get validation from sleeping with a lot of women. And she was like, okay, well, first of all, Taylor Swift doesn't need validation from a fucking man. Okay. She's like the most famous person in the world right now. She's killing it. She is powerful and you're being a little ridiculous there. And second of all, like, again, she's not getting validation from this. And like, again, you cannot compare Leonardo DiCaprio dating 24 year olds his whole life to Taylor Swift dating like a handful of guys over like her 17 year career. So it's just ridiculous. The other day, someone broke down the amount of people she has actually dated, and it's really not that many. Because like, yeah. it was like, hey, now that Taylor Swift's like rumored to be with Travis Kelsey, let's go through her ex's history, which is not something that I think matters and I no. don't care about. But for some reason, I clicked on this article just because I thought it was like a really cringy headline. And it, thankfully, the article wasn't written in a cringy way, but. I was like, it's really not that many people. Right. Actually, again, if you look at the average person from when they are 20 to 30 years old and the amount of people they date, it's the same. It's the same amount of people. It's not like she's going through them like a freaking, you know, people go through underwear. Right. And like she was saying that, I mean, the the co-host was saying like Taylor Swift paid a huge price for dating men who were so much older than her. Because they hurt her really deeply and they – like that is inherently not a good relationship. That's inherently like a, an unequal, toxic relationship just from the age gaps right. alone. And he says that, well, the men that have dated her, Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer specifically, have paid a big price for dating her too. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like – In what way? <laughs> she So basically he's saying that – the men have suffered because she wrote those two songs about them and her fans are like, fuck you. And he's like, that's a huge price to pay. Like, I'm sure John Mayer would consider himself a victim, basically. And he's like, then he makes this argument that women are actually older than they really are. He's like, so like a lot of women like are 20 years old, but really like they're 38. And you're like, Okay. Like he's like Mae Whitman was is like a 38-year-old woman, but when I met her when I met her, but she was actually like 21. And it's like, no, that's not how it works, but okay. Um so he's like trying to argue that. Then he start, then he brings up, which is a mistake, big mistake on his part because it just crumbles everything. I mean, nothing he said could stand alone. Like nothing was a strong argument. But then he brings up the fact that he dated Ashley Olsen. And the woman that was doing the TikTok about this was like, by the way, he dated Ashley Olsen when she was 20 and he was 31. So it's like the real reason why he's going so hard randomly for John Mayer and 
um, Jake Gyllenhaal, which by the way, these were relationships that happened over 10 years ago, but regardless, um, is really him trying to defend the fact that he did this. And so he doesn't want to be like shit on. He's like, men are prosecuted in society right now. Nobody has it worse than men. Um, okay, buddy. and it was basically just like the most <laughs> yeah, all basic, right. like bullshit, right wing, misogynistic talking points that basically frame women of all ages as some sort of like wicked temptress and men are like mere victims. Like he, she, he was basically saying like Taylor Swift understood what was happening in the Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer relationship and was therefore using it in a way to like raise herself up and make them look bad, which is outrageously stupid, like outrageously stupid. So I'm like, if you actually want to break it down, like let's break it down. His claim that like these songs made him them suffer or whatever. Like let's break it down. So like, Taylor Swift, since she's entered the game, has been criticized for dating too many people, which, as she has mentioned, like, in her own songs, like, someone like Leonardo DiCaprio is not. Like, if you're, Mm -hmm. you know, a guy, then you're the man for doing that. It's like, oh, yeah, look at all these, like, hot young models. You can get whatever. So she's always been at award shows by fellow women. She has been critiqued for dating a bunch of different guys, which, again, not like it matters. Date as many people as you want. But if you actually look at the numbers, it's really not any more than any average 20-something-year-old, you know, from 20 to 30-year-old woman is is dating. But Or man, either gender is dating in, in their 20s. That's what your 20s are, is dating people, basically. But anyhow, so with that set aside, um, so she's always – if you say anything to anyone about Taylor Swift and they don't know anything about her, one of the first things people will tell you is, well, oh, she dates a lot. Yeah. She dates around, blah, blah, blah. That is worldwide information, okay? Do you want to know who knows about John, these songs, which, again, has never officially been publicly it's said. A, like, exactly. this song is about John Mayer. This song is about Jake Jones. We've all just figured it out. Um, it's freaking Swifties. And, yes, I understand that Swifties are everywhere, but we're all just normal people who, like, and, yes, are, do some people take it too far and start harassing them in public or on Twitter about it and whatever? Yeah, they do. But – you know, the average person, if I went up to them on the street and I said, do you know that All Too Well is supposedly about Jake Gyllenhaal? They'd be like, the fuck? I don't like, no, I don't know that. Like, why right. would I know that? Um, but the average person I went up to them on the street and was like, what do you know about Taylor Swift? They'd be like, she's a pop star. She dates a lot of men. She'd be like, that's just like what has always followed her around her whole career. Yeah. So if you want to talk about like what is more well known out there in the ether, it's what she's been been lobbed in her direction. And also, again, the average person, the average Swifty, normal human being who's like, oh, hey, I think this song's about Jake Gyllenhaal and I think he's kind of a dick, isn't hurting his career. No. He still has been getting movie deals. He still is beloved. He's he's not getting made fun of at award shows over it. Like, right. their careers did not suffer because of right. it. So him being like, well, the fact that she wrote these songs about them and put them on blast, like, that's really hurt their – no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Has Jake has Jake Gyllenhaal has his career suffered? No, he's still getting cast in movies. He's been nominated for numerous awards since all too well. Again, this we're talking about this album came out over a decade, over a decade ago at this ago. point. Like this is not hurt them. People like John Mayer is still out there making music. He's still selling concerts, and like they are icky, gross people, and not just because they pride on a younger person, which I do think that that is a big part of it, but just also other things that we've heard about oh, them. Just don't even get me like started on John Mayer. Good people. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, John Mayer just a, sounds like a piece of shit, in my humble opinion. But I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's not. But again, like that's the thing. Like us being like, hey, this person's probably a piece of shit. It's not hurting him. Like right. he has a fine career. Like he's fine. Like and not to say I've said it two weeks ago. Taylor Swift is fine. Yeah, like, yeah she's yeah. fine. She has a great career. Whatever. But like that reputation that she built for, like, did that is something that like she had to put up with. She has to answer for all the time. Like. Jake Gyllenhaal, because of the resurgence of the 10-minute version of All Too Well, like, maybe was asked about it once in an interview. But, like, being asked about it once and being asked about something constantly are two completely different things. So, like, just his claims are just invalid. Yeah, and that's, like, what his female co-host was saying, was she was like, this isn't, like, an equatable argument. Like, you can't be, like, like... It, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And he's just, like, he's just one of those, well, I'm just asking questions kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So he has this super sexist episode, which, by the way, this is his own podcast. So he approved of this going out into the world. Right. He's like, so yes, he doesn't even let that go out. He thinks he's right still. Like, he's like, people are going to agree with me yeah. that men have it worse than women, which, and men are so prosecuted. And it's like, do you know how exhausting it is to just wake up every day and be a woman in the world? Like, how many mm-hmm. times you're getting like, talk down to how many times you have to like explain your worth or prove your worth or like your intelligence or like like taylor swift's an amazing lyrics lyricist (laughs) lyricist and she's obviously an incredibly smart businesswoman and she's really dedicated to her career and still we're constantly like well taylor swift dates a lot of men why can't we hate her for it and it's like you're right. just looking for and now she's dating a football player so i have to hear about it yeah <laughs> it's like you will do anything to find a way to socially to insult and harm women in a socially acceptable way like that's just like what they're looking for and they're like well if it's yeah. feminism then it should be equal we should be able to say shit about women too and it's like yeah okay women who have who have dated teenagers are a fucking problem. Should also be shit yeah, on. Like, yeah, like this is not. You can be a predator. Yes. Yeah. Either if you're a woman or a man. Yes. If you were dating someone who is a teenager and you were not a teenager yourself, yeah, right. I'm gonna say equal rights, baby. It's fucked up either way. But to just like blanket, like it, they just it, men like Dak Shepard will do anything they fucking can to find a way to hate women, and I've always felt this way since before this even came out. I tried to listen to his podcast like five years ago. One of my friends at the time recommended it. I couldn't even get through one episode because he cuts his female guests off mid-sentence constantly. Mm. Every single time they were talking. Yeah, not cool. So it was just like, no. Um, so this happens, okay? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so we're seeing again Dak Shepard. Like Kristen Bell tries to like rebrand him, but he is a piece of shit. Like he is not a good person and he's not nice to Kristen Bell like ever. Um, so that happened. So then the other day, the couple days later, maybe the next day I'm scrolling through TikTok again. And what do I find out? Doc Shepard released yet another podcast episode with Jonathan Van Nice, Van Ness. Hmm. And it's a, it was supposed to be about Jonathan Van Ness's new podcast. They were on Dak Shepard's show to promote it, to kind of talk about it. 
And instead, Dak Shepard initiated a conversation about trans people. Um, And Jonathan Van Ness does consider themselves trans. So they're saying that. So so Dak Shepard is saying this shit to a trans person. And Jonathan Van Ness is extremely educated. He knows his shit because this is his lived experience and something he's very passionate about. Right, right. So he has the facts and he's bringing them to the table. And Dak Shepard is just consistently. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I just used he pronouns. They. Sorry. Um, now I forgot what I was talking about because I feel mean. <laughs> shit. You corrected yourself. I think that counts or something. Was- I mean. I, I can't speak on behalf of the trans community, but <laughs> I can't remember what I was talking about though. Cause I got so distracted. Well, anyway, so. So you're saying that they are very educated yeah, and yes. like came with the facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're bringing in these facts and fucking Jack's Dax Shepard cut, cutting them off by the way, cutting them off constantly, mm-hmm. because that's, I guess what he has to say is more important than what anyone else in the world has to say. And right, right. You know, he's trying to say there are, this is a both sides issue. We shouldn't be condemning people who don't support trans people because that's just who they are. And Jonathan Van Ness is like, that's a terrible excuse. Like, (laughs) basically, like you can't just be like, they don't know better. It's like, well, there's plenty of things out there that they could look into. They are willfully being ignorant of this topic. And then Dak says, um, direct quote right here, um, we see, he says, I think to say that someone can't question without threatening to take someone's rights away to explore these things. Some people are very uncomfortable about teenagers transitioning. They're challenging that. How do we know that the person's not going to change their mind? So. That old, that old funny. Yes. That fun argument. He was hitting, um, he was hitting them with like, and then he, and then, okay. So hold on. I'm getting too much. I'm getting. So then, you know, also transitioning doesn't necessarily mean medical procedures like you can transition without hormones you can transition without surgery you can transition however the fuck you want to because you're your own person and there are no rules right and not to mention um people who have come out and say they regret their transition are a much smaller percentage than people who don't. And on top of that, a lot of those people that did detransition still support trans rights because they're not saying, oh, I was brainwashed. They're just saying, you know, I thought this was me, but after more self-reflection, it's not, which is fine. Right. And normal. And so that's just like irrelevant. And then, and then Doc Shepard brings up how trans kids shouldn't be allowed to play sports which is like such a fucking annoying argument for trans rights because first of all you are saying that women are inherently less strong than men you're saying that if you bring a trans woman into women's sports that they will have an unfair advantage so first of all that's what you're saying okay Which is bullshit to begin with. There are plenty of co-ed 
sports teams. My nieces play on a co-ed hockey team. They do great. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The District 5 Mighty Ducks was a co-ed hockey team, and they were great. There we go. Okay. (laughs) A lot of places have co-ed hockey teams. A lot. And soccer teams, that's a big thing to have co-ed soccer teams. That's a thing. So he's saying like, well, I'm worried about women's safety, which like, or like girls' safety in sports or like, he's like, should it, should a trans woman get a scholarship over a cis woman? And if they're the more talented player, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. and here's the thing about that argument too, is like a lot of the trans like activism, we're saying like, 12-year-old trans girls should be able to play town soccer with other girls. We're not saying, like, we're in the fucking Olympics. And even if we were, it still doesn't apply because, again, this this whole argument is based on the idea that men are inherently better at sports and inherently stronger than women, which is not true. Um, But... Yeah. And then to frame it as like, I'm just thinking about the children. Like you're not thinking it's about the children. We're just thinking about the but, children. And in the same week, in the same week, okay, you're going to be like, John Mayer's not a predator for being with Taylor Swift when she was a teenager because women right. are temptresses. And she knew what that was for him. And she destroyed him. And in the same week of podcast episodes, you're also going to say that you're trying to just protect young girls in sports. That's not true. Like sounding a little hypocritical here, Dak. Just saying. I mean, like none of his arguments have any legs. Like, but he does that thing where you try to like hit back with him. And he just says like the most insane shit. Also, when you bring up the like, trans kids and sports things it's very easy for a trans supporter to start looking like an asshole if you know they're being coaxed in a way i mean they're not like right. you know but it always comes down to we said this a couple of weeks ago and we you're talking about sex trafficking which again the wild yeah. topics we get on on chaos thursdays but it they always because they always do that we'll think of the children. people have always used the children or the women in ways to be racist homophobic transphobic how any way you could hate people islamophobic whatever well think of the think of the women think of the children whatever and it's just it's you know a tactic that's old as time and then yeah and it just makes you look bad that we're not thinking of the children it's like well i i am thinking of the children i'm thinking of all of the children yeah you're thinking of these weird imaginary children who are going to be offended that at 10 years old when i'm going to be real clear with you i have watched my nieces and nephews play sports my nephew recently joined a baseball team. He's actually quite good, um, but he's still a kid. And right. by default, all kids are shit at sports because right. they're kids and they're learning it. And if you've ever been to a child's basketball game or any kind of thing or a dance recital or anything, you're like, it's funny. Like, it's yeah. cute because they're not good at exactly. it. So some trans kid coming into it isn't going to inherently take away from the sanctity of the sport. None of them are good, right. no matter their gender, no matter like they're they're not good. And it's for fun. And that's like, yeah, everyone acts like we're all automatically all these children playing are automatically going to be eligible for scholarships. If that is like, I don't right. know when sports became a way to like 
better your life. Like they should be in the sense of like, they're supposed to be fun and they're supposed to be a way for kids to get active and build a community. But I don't know when it turned into like, when at all costs, you're only doing it to get scholarships. You're only doing it to join professional. Right. The majority of people playing sports are not getting a scholarship are not going professional. They're not going to be on any Olympic team. Like, they're just people playing sports because they like that sport and they like the, the community that it's right. built for them. Like it's just such a weird argument that it's like, well, the scholarships it could take away from people. I went to a school where nobody in my school won a scholarship. Cause that's not like, that's not where they were playing high school sports. Like my high school had a shitty team in every team. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, you know, and if they were winning a scholarship, it was like not to a big school. Like, I don't know why they act like, every high school kid's dream is to get a scholarship in a sport. It's like, no, a lot of them just wanted to play volleyball. Like, I don't, you know, like, yes. And I saw this post, like, this is not a thought I can claim as my own. But when I saw it, it resonated with me as someone who has grown up in the world of, of female athletics and, and women's athletics, because my sisters played lots of sports to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I drives me crazy when people have to say basketball and women's basketball. Why do we say that? Why isn't it men's basketball and women's basketball? But eh, you know, <laughs> anyways, I'm like, why does the women are the only ones that get the preface on the word right. basketball, but okay. Um, but you know, my parents equally go to men's basketball and women's basketball games at Florida. Like we always, I've really valued women's athletics. You know, of course we had all girls in my family and, and yeah. two of my sisters were athletic. I was not, but I liked watching it. Um, but yeah, all of this, all of a sudden we care about the the sanctity of women's athletics and it's like literally fucked yeah. up because none of you gave a shit about women's athletics until suddenly we could be transphobic about it. Exactly. I, I, where were all of you years ago? Like giving a shit, putting funding into women's athletics, showing up at the games because I don't see you. So don't suddenly act like you care. Okay. And these <laughs> same people who are saying like, we must protect our girls sports are also saying are like also in the same breath probably being like women's soccer who cares like women's athle- right. uh, women um athletes should make less money than men because right, exactly. they don't bring in now, as much of an audience women's sports so much why aren't right. you out there protesting for the u.s women's national team that makes a third of what the men make less than that actually than what the men make and oh yeah they've actually won the world cup a few times the men haven't but they're still making more money Oh, but I thought you cared. I thought you really right. cared about women's sports. That's so weird that you're not out there upset about that. Right. <laughs> and then Dak Shepard says, too, like if somebody regrets um, transitioning, they could kill themselves, which is absolutely wild to bring up because suicide rates are actually alarmingly high for trans and non-binary people. They're, right. There's a huge rate of homelessness. Uh, for the trans and non-binary young people. Like, there is a whole fraction of homeless people in the United States that are simply LGBTQ kids who were rejected by their family and kicked out. And, like, we talked about this with the sex trafficking, too, is, like, and then they have to do shit like that because they have no other choice because their parents chose some ideology over their own child. Which, so. I'm just, if we're, if these people are always like, look at the stats, look at the stats. Yeah. 
Uh, look at the stats, like the amount of people that are quote unquote committing suicide because they had a transition and the amount of people that are committing suicide because they're not allowed to be their true selves or like, okay, uh-huh, right. But all right. <laughs> um, and then he does a lot of like rollbacking too. like in the Taylor Swift one, he kept being like, but I like respect her and I like totally like what she's doing, which like, of course not. And he's like, and just so you know, like I do wish that trans women had access to to play sports but um will i elevate her rights over women we're pretending that women aren't the ultimate ultimate marginalized class throughout history that's also hard to say because if you're comparing your wife Kristen bell to like right. a black woman that works at mcdonald's you're not quite totally working different. like on yeah. the same you know playing field here so that's like kind of a really strange thing to say um but eventually it just gets to the point where jonathan van ness starts crying he's are there holy shit they're so overwhelmed by dax shepherd's like relentless right-wing talking points and bullshit you know making him answer for all of this stuff or making them answer for all of this stuff that they're like they just break down because they can't they're like I feel like I'm talking to my dad. Uh, this is like Fox News talking points. And then basically right. at the end of the episode, you know, Dax is like, I'm sorry. I didn't want this conversation to go this way. And that's bullshit. Um, let's be honest. Um, like that's so not what like Jonathan Van Ness came on. Again, it's like, well, I'm coming on the podcast. I want to promote my podcast, whatever. And like, they're not thinking that they're going to be met with a firing line. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like, I just, it's, it's so annoying to like, you know, again, obviously I can't speak from personal experience because I, I am a cisgendered person, but yeah. again, speaking on behalf of a woman, the fact that we always have to answer for every woman, you know, does or doesn't, whatever. And it's like, no trans person should have to go on a podcast where they think it's just going to be like a fun time and like to help promote their new thing that they're trying to promote and like have to answer for every little single thing. Well, what about this person who detransitioned? John yeah. Finesse is not that person. Like yeah. they don't know, like, you know, like th- that's not their responsibility to have to constantly defend their choice in life and, you know what I mean? Like answer for every trans person. Like it's such a weird yeah. thing that like only marginalized like people have to. And again, like I'm barely a marginalized group. Like I'm white, like I'm good, but you know what I mean? Like, but being a woman, like I yeah. feel like you always have to like answer for it, you know? And like, like we said, like every marginalized with every, you know, person who's Muslim always has to answer for anything yes. that ever happens. And it's like, why don't we always go down to, and, and ask the Christian why this person did this thing? Right. No, like no one who's ever the, the powerful has to answer on behalf of the people that, you know, make mistakes or whatever. And it's just like, what a dick move to invite someone onto their, your podcast and be like, I'm just going to grill them on, on all of this stuff. And it's like, that's not what they agreed to. The legitimacy of like trans people's rights to exist. And Jonathan, Jonathan, you think you should be able to exist? A what? That's not why I agreed to be on this show. Right. He's like, can you uh, defend your existence? And so Jonathan Van Ness says, I wanted to come chat about my podcast. I could just cry because I'm so tired of having to fight for little kids because they just want to be included. I wish that people were as passionate about little kids being able to be included or grow up as they were about fictitious women's fairness in sports. I have to tell you, I'm very tired. 
Yeah. And rightfully so. I'm tired and it's not even yeah. like my fight. Yeah. Like I can't imagine if it was my fight. Right. I'd just be like, screw it. I give up. Right. I don't know. Like what do y'all want? From and me? um, and then they basically ended the episode. Dax Shepard does like a fake apology where he's like, I'm sorry that you were offended by this conversation, basically. And Jonathan Van Ness is like, I'm not saying that you're transphobic, but the talking points that you're spewing do come from a transphobic um like misinformation disinformation viewpoint like just so you know <laughs> like um i'm amazed that Dak shepherd was like yeah we're gonna air this <laughs> yeah dude my dude why do you think like you look so bad like why do you think i mean i guess because he wants the maybe the right winger like he'll look good in their eyes i don't know but like how do you come out to be you made someone who was a guest on your show literally break down and you're like yeah we're still gonna air this episode though <laughs> get the fuck out of right here. and then i look i'm scrolling through instagram and i follow kristen bell because i really like kristen bell but i'm starting to be like right. i don't know how i can defend somebody who's married to somebody who says stuff like this but like again you know whatever um, this isn't a podcast about kristen bell but anyway i was following her i follow her on instagram and she like posted a couple of days ago, like dadding looks good on Dak Shepard. And it's just like a bunch of like wholesome looking pictures and videos of him, like with their kids. And it's like, okay, so we're trying to take like the, we're trying to like defend Dax here by saying like, yeah, he said transphobic and misogynistic stuff, but he has kids and he's yes, good at he's it. A good dad. And it's like, like I don't know. As far as I know, his kids are girls. They're yeah, they have daughters, yeah. right? Clearly, he's misogynistic. So I'm not sure what a great right. example he's showing for his daughters. And also, God, I hope these girls never, you know, want to be anything but cisgendered straight females right. because clearly he's not okay with that. Like I, all the time. I mean, we talked about this on Tuesday's episode about how our your dad Rob should not have been a father but all the time I say this and I'm like if you don't want a trans kid if you don't mm -hmm. want a gay kid if you don't want a kid that has autism or any kind of disability or anything you don't want children right. like if that is not something that you actively want then you do not want kids right. like just plain and simple and I can't imagine someone who has children going out there and spewing such hatred because it's like clearly that person has kids you don't want them because the, you don't know like you don't right. know what those kids are going to be and like you're out there saying that things and one day they're going to hear that stuff you know right. if they and don't just, yeah. already hear it at home every day right you know which like probably you know right. obviously if he's okay with saying it to millions of people he's okay with saying it in the comfort of his own home i'm sorry right it's obviously but, something yeah. that really fires him up and it's it's just it's exhausting um to deal with men like this and i think that we're like getting better of at us we're getting better as a society of like putting these men like back in their place or just kind of like you know fighting back against this kind of ideology but like this kind of shit has been so mainstream for so long that this is why we're seeing like increased violence against trans people and gay people like we are seeing like the rate at which trans women get murdered in America is so alarming. It, it's like, it's very upsetting. And to see this fucking guy who has this huge platform bring a guest on his, sh uh, on his show and absolutely and make them cry. 
like trying to right. prove that they're worth them and children like them are worth living and existing and like it's it's it was very frustrating to listen to i hate it yeah that's just it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it is ridiculous Uh, yeah i just can't imagine i don't know it's just i can't imagine not just wanting people i feel like we like say this all the time but just like not wanting people to be happy like i don't know like these kids just want to be happy and feel true to themselves and i can't imagine just having so much hate in your heart that Mm -hmm. you look at a kid a literal kid and you're like no i don't want that for you i don't want i don't want you to be happy right i can like if you want to think of think of the children then actually think of the children and their wants and needs and and yeah, and I just feel like for some reason we don't let kid have their own, you know, like autonomy. Like yeah. it's like, well, you're not old enough to understand that, and you're, you know, whatever, and 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 listen to what your parents say and whatever. And it's like, yes, obviously in certain circumstances, if it's like, hey, don't run in front of that train, listen to your parents. <laughs> but if it's being like, hey, mom, I like kind of think that I feel like a girl, and I'd like to wear a dress to school because I'd like that, and I think that would make me feel good, like. What, how is that hurting anybody? It's right. not hurting anybody. And if it gets to the point where they're like, hey, yeah, I really feel good about this. And I'd like to maybe try some hormones or I would, you know, and again, like this whole surgery thing, there aren't freaking 12-year-olds that are getting surgery. Like that's right. not like a thing. Like there are certain, yes, are certain people getting put on, you know, obviously hormone therapy and stuff. Yeah. But like there are certain age requirements you have to be to get certain surgeries just because of like health reasons, not because of, you know, whatever. And like people act like, like, yeah, do people detransition? Absolutely. Right. But it's very rare. And also like the amount of therapy and the amount that you have to prove that you want this thing before they let you do something like surgery. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a whim decision. Right. Someone being like, yeah, I just felt like having chop surgery. No, that's not a thing. Right. That's not a thing. Like, this is disgust ad nauseum before they let somebody do something like that. And, yeah, and I just think it's so rude to to tell someone that they don't know what's best for them. Right. I think if you're that person, you know what's best for you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. It's just – it's weird and frustrating obviously and yeah again like if you (laughs) are in the mindset of if my child isn't cisgender straight and christian then i can't love them anymore because something else in my life is more important to me than them then you should not be a parent Mm -hmm. and please don't procreate i'd really appreciate it thank you (laughs) so that was our doc shepherd fired we hate doc shepherd rant of the day (laughs) and also just let kids kids are smarter than you yes let them make their own decisions and whatever makes them happy right like yeah and again with the whole sports thing look at how much people are shat on for being transgender do you really think really in your use a little bit of logic (laughs) that someone's like you know what i'm gonna do I'm going to transition to being a woman so I can be better at swimming. No, no. nobody is thinking exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing. And, they, and then they also use that like Not a single terrible argument of like, well, then men can put wigs on and go into women's restrooms. Like, hi, I just want to let you know that men are already going into women's restrooms and they're already attacking right. people. This transgender right. right to use the correct bathroom is not going to increase that. 
I'm not threatened by and it. <laughs> like like your problem isn't with trans people your problem is with predatory men that's who your problem is with yes. so readjust yeah. Take your expectations like it's just ridiculous it makes me angry very angry. We could clearly talk about this for a very long yes. time. And yeah, but I guess we should probably end this episode on a happier yes. note. Well, I would just also like to say to anyone out there, yeah, again, you know my rules. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, be you, do you, love yourself, take care of yourself. Yes. And yeah. I just think everyone in the world should always know what it's like to feel wanted. And I'm very sad for anyone who doesn't. So just if you're listening, you are wanted. That is all. That is all. (laughs) And if your parents have rejected you because of your gender identity or sexual orientation, I am your mom now. (laughs) And I love you. I am your mother now. I love you so much come come i will take you in i will be mom (laughs) mother um yeah no exactly i think you'd be great at it i mean i know you don't want to be a mother in that sense but i think you'd be great at at taking in at at anyone who needs a, a mother figure in their life um yes okay the golden bachelor yes we've both watched it I I don't have a ton. I mean, my main thought was I can't believe these people are just partying at all hours of the night here on this show because I, again, like I said, I'm a 32-year-old lady. I stayed up late two nights, and now I'm like, I can't function for at least a week. Everyone leave me be. Yeah. (laughs) Don't expect me to do things. Yes, I know. The – I have a lot to say, but that is because I have a – deep hyper fixation on the bachelor franchise and reality tv as a whole so i'm just gonna sum it up by saying excellent production value um i love how the women were just like wow all these women are so beautiful and strong and amazing yeah um that was amazing i hope it stays that way i'm worried they're gonna start like the preview made it seem like i don't know inevitably like bachelor's gonna bachelor you know and they're gonna start like getting catty at each other but i hope that i hope that's not the case or if it i hope they stay positive i mean here's the thing like in regular bachelor they like Mm. sleep deprive them and they give them a lot of alcohol and they don't like they Mm. restrict their access to the bathroom and stuff like all of this is real this is what's happening there's actually a group of former cast members of love is blind who is trying to start a reality tv star union which i think would be huge yeah and i because even on love is blind they're like overcompensating a lot this current season, but there have been reports of like not feeding them enough, not letting them have water, like a bunch of like really fucked up stuff. So I hope that they won't do that to these very old women because yeah, I don't know if they'll make it. That would be not cool. Yeah. Um, I would not. You can't. No. And if you're like Michael Ann, how can you know all that stuff and still love reality TV? I don't know complexities of being a human being. Yeah. I love reality TV as a way, as like, as if it's a professional sport. Like I'd never think of these as like, like I do get involved, like I do get invested in some romantic relationships, but ultimately I feel like it's a game and I feel like people are playing. They have specific plays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like 
this is all planned. And then sometimes you fall in love just because you're in a group of like-minded people and sometimes that right. happens. But but the the treatment of them is unacceptable. But I mean, we all watched football forever and they all got concussions and and it's a concussion brain- exactly as we've discussed. Exactly. I and I know this and what do I do? I watch it. I still exactly. watch it. I love it. I eat it up with a spoon and I'm like this is really terrible that we we force people to smush into each other and half the time they like really f up their bodies. Yeah. And that's bad. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> they get brain damage yeah. and kill their wives. Yeah. This is the duality of 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 man, you know. Yeah. You're like I know these things and yet and we'll still watch it. There's always that None of us are perfect. common phrase of like there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like mm-hmm. you have an iPhone. Yeah. That's not like you know what I mean. Exactly. Um, exactly. So yeah. I, I thought so, yeah. it was very good. I, I thought the women were all I enjoyed it. Hot, hot, hot. Um I will yeah. say one of the women was the mother of a former bachelor. And yes. I thought she was she didn't get a rose, no, correct? She, went she like got kicked off right away and I was surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, night one woman. She barely got any screen yeah. time. I know. And they kicked her off right away, which I found really interesting because you would think that they would want to keep somebody like that it. on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I for sure thought. But I think, you know, our first Golden Bachelor, he's a very likable guy. Mm-hmm. I like you know for also though okay i'm gonna judge him for just a minute oh no that was your dream retirement home like holy shit y'all most people downsize and i feel like they got like this massive mansion and i was like for the two of you like they have kids and grandchildren who i'm sure like come over and stuff but i was like wow that's how the other half lives that was their dream retirement. i mean i'm happy he got it and she got to experience it for a little bit but he seems like a real sweetie he does i I hope he doesn't disappoint me he just seems like such a cute little he seems honestly delightful i love him i love the women on this season and i can't wait to keep seeing these like older women in their prime and in their power and they all made like such dirty jokes i was like oh my god these women coming in here hot i know ready for that dick they were yeah, they and so many of them do look like crazy good for their age. Also, as someone who hasn't watched The Real Bachelor in forever, I know it obviously always says like their name and, and their lower third, like their name, their age, and like their occupation, like where they live or whatever. Yeah. But I don't recall that being a thing for the host. But this episode, when Jesse Palmer walked in, it said 44. And I just thought that was so, very funny that we had to know his age as well. So I listened to this podcast called Game of Roses, where they yeah. it's they look at The Bachelor and other reality TV as if it's a sport. They've like done this whole thing. They're very successful. They wrote a book, blah, blah, blah. And they... They started doing the Jesse Palmer 44 like two seasons ago. And the hosts of that show are always like, why the fuck are they writing Jesse Palmer 44? Why, why do we need to what, like, why do we need to know his age? I also think being the host of The Bachelor, I've said this before, not on this podcast. We've never discussed The Bachelor on the podcast, but I said this before back in the day when I was like watching with my sisters and my mom or whatever. And I was like, I think being the host of The Bachelor is like the easiest gig. Like you just get to come in and say like the most obvious shit. Mm-hmm. Like one rose left tonight, ladies. And then you and just, then just stage. Like it's just sound like, why is that necessary? Like, why do they have to come in? So we can all count. We can all visually see there's one rose left, but they always have to come in and let you know. And I think that's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a sweet gig because they make like a ton of money. Yeah. And sometimes they're not even in the episode at all. 
Yeah, and they get to like go to these cool fancy yep. locations and like yeah, they just get to sit there and be like, "Well, how are you feeling about this?" you know? Also, I'm so excited for the hometown visits and like with it being the older people cuz like usually it's like you go meet their parents and they're like, "You're not good enough for my daughter" or whatever. Yeah. But now it's going to be like they're going to meet their kids and potentially their grandchildren and I like it's fascinating. To me. Also that one lady and her dear friend that mm. was very sweet and I that and apparently she has passed so we're thinking of you Roberta I believe was her name that was the one who um, passed I think her yeah that was that was a nice little Kathy thing. I can't remember the girl who's on the show what is her name Kathy Kathy maybe she's Kathy she kind of seems Roberta? like a Kathy I but know. I don't know June. but yeah thinking about Roberta's fam and maybe maybe Kathy. Her family as well. Yeah, we're, so, we're sorry that we don't know your name. We'll learn we it will. as we carry on. If you stay around, I guess we'll learn it. But yeah, that's the thing about the first episode of any of these shows. There's, there's always too many people and I can't remember. I'm just like the one with this. Exactly. But inevitably you'll learn yeah. their names. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for the hometown visits. I know it's going to be cute. I'm stoked for, for all the above. I also just like to say that even though you don't sport – and this is your sport. There is a sportsman involved because, you know, Jesse Palmer, former football player. Yes. So there you go. You can't escape it, Mike Land, no matter how hard you There try. is a uh, NFL to Bachelor pipeline. There have been a lot of NFL players. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Jesse Palmer, Florida, Florida Gator. Oh. So I watched, I watched that man play football. Yeah, he was our quarterback. He was a bachelor. And he does still call. Yeah, and, and he was a bachelor. I did watch that season. because Of course. We were like, well, he's, he played for Florida. We have mm-hmm. to watch him. And uh, he does still call games to this day. He called yesterday's uh, Florida game. Um, he had a, a good stat when he played against Kentucky. Unfortunately, we did not play so great against Kentucky this year. But, yeah, so I listened to him call a football game yesterday. And then today I watched him come out and be like, ladies, there's one final <laughs> roast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Jesse, you're here for me always. Yeah. He's got the hookup <laughs> of drops. But yeah, I think that's it. We'll probably have more opinions as we learn more people, get more personalities. Um, but I'm I'm very excited to see where this journey goes. And Same. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, yeah. Putting this rock on my Stick face. Stick around. I'm sure next Thursday we'll probably talk about something wild and marginally upsetting and then we'll talk about the golden bachelor <laughs> these are things i can promise i mean we're we're three for three yep. so far and on topics that you probably didn't think that a ya you know book club podcast would talk about but here we here are here we are protect trans kids i mean honestly you probably did think we'd inevitably talk about transphobia considering one episode we went on like a whole 40-minute rant about J.K. Rowling and we were supposed to be talking about – I don't even remember which book we were talking about at that point. But yeah. It went long. And we edited some of that out Yeah, it went really long. Well. We can go on. For me, like, J.K. Rowling is just, like – It's not just, like – It's not just, like, Dax Shepard's transphobic. It's, like, this woman who helped shape my queer identity – Like, my – like as a queer person having this like story kind of go through my childhood, there were like a bunch of queer undertones and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then to have her come out and be like, it feels like 
a personal offense. It feels like a slap in the face to her fans. Yeah. So it's yeah. especially upsetting. She done, she done pulled the rug out. She did. For sure. But. Not cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Protect trans kids. We'll see y'all. Uh, take yeah. care of yourselves. See some things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed without a smile. And we love you. And I'm your mom. I'm your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and his mom now. <laughs> Bye. Bye.